Moo. I'm a cow. I like eating grass, chewing the cud, munching through a meadow. You know what else I like? Wine. Lovely wines chosen by people who know their wine-shaped onions. Also, I don't like leaving the meadow or onions. Also, I don't like leaving the meadow or onions. So thank God for Drop, a wine delivery app that will deliver you awesome wine to wherever you are in London Zones 1 and 2 and a few other places within the hour. To be fair, I'm a cow. Moo. So I'm not going anywhere, but you, you might be busier than me, so this is great for you. Use the promo code KITCHENONFIRE to get £10 off your first order. Moo. Goodbye. Moo. Sam? Yep. You're Good right. to be back, isn't it? Is it? Back to school. <laughs> Terms started. You know? Holidays. GCSE results. Do you think we should be the judge of it's good to be back? What? It might be bad that we're back. Oh, right. You said what? earlier, like, we were rusty even setting up the stuff. So. If it's <laughs> it bad that we're back, people don't have to listen. Yeah, but they're like, oh, they're, that. they're back. And then oh, we're no. saying, oh, it's good. It's good. It's, I'm saying it feels nice to be back. It feels nice to be back behind the mic. To <laughs> be stick. To be looking at you. To be talking about stuff. We keep having conversations today. And then we're like, oh, we should save that for the pod. Because we've had four weeks off. Yeah. Since Natasha Dimitri graced us with our presence. I'm sure we've both kept a long list of things that we're going to discuss. We both come back laden with notes to discuss things on the podcast. I don't have any notes. I have none. I want to talk about... Other than French fishmongers stripping Dover sole for their parts slash taking the skin off. Right. That bugged me. What happened? Fish, monk, fish market. Market. Or just a market. Yeah. In your rural French town. In but there the was a monger of fish there. Midi Pyrenees. Uh, crevettes had already been purchased. And I said, oh, I'll have six of those Dover sole, please. My good man. And he said, uh, he started gesturing. And I was like, yeah, yeah, go for it. Didn't know what he was suggesting doing. I turned around to look after the kids. And I swivelled back in his direction he'd taken the dark skin off the dover it's the best thing about the fish so why would he do that? I don't know but apparently it's quite normal really? I mean did I cook the fish beautifully nonetheless? of course over wood sure that's my that's my tale for that how was your summer? Yeah. Uh, yeah it was good yeah yeah. Mallorca yeah. went to Mallorca yeah you love it there don't you? I do I really like it there um, yeah that was nice that was fun it was good um, what do you like about it? It's just a really nice place. Yeah. <laughs> it's just nice. All right. It's, it's nice. Well, tell us about Frit Mallorquin. What's that? Ah, it's a local dish, isn't it? Frit Mallorquin. Yeah. Is it? Because I once ordered it. The only time I've been to Mallorca, I ordered it in a restaurant thinking it was chips. I was like, oh, I'll take down some chips with my beer. Right. When I was about 16. And when it arrived, it transpires. It's actually a combination of fried goods it's even fried anyway it's it's offaly okay Bit, bits of offal I can't remember if it's lamb offal or what I'm I've never even up. heard of that I just remember being a bit thrown well I didn't eat any of that I probably have had that now I'd be right into it but um they make a good sausage in Mallorca I'll give them that oh it's a frito Mallorquin alright do you want to hear what's in it yeah well so do I but okay I learnt something also over the holidays which is germane genus um or grit <laughs> Is the reason uh, the reason it's fucking impossible to get to a recipe in blogs 
is because they now have a minimal amount of words to show up in search results. Right. So that's why bloggers now just put so much preamble. A frit myokine. Okay, it is, it is lamb offal, just fried up with a bit of pig's offal, various bits of offal and potatoes. All right. I was a bit shocked by that as a 16-year-old, Sam. I bet. But Especially you, when you thought you were going to be packing some fries. Yeah. Love me some fries. Instead, you got some pig offal. Pig offal's poor quality on the offal game, I'd say. Um, yeah. Yeah, not a fan, really. No. I had to do a pig kidney, pig liver thing for, for my cooking test when I went to do a stage in Italy on an agriturismo. And... Uh, I was given pig's uh, liver, whatever it was, a bit of a pig that I wasn't wild about to prepare and serve to show my cooking chops, right. as it were. I spent the next three months, Sam, in the garden. I was deemed not up to scratch to be a stagiaire in this particular kitchen. Did you have any holiday romance while you were in the tractor racing place? The tractor racing place. Agriturismo. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, very nice (laughs) (laughs) I like that a lot I like that a lot yeah uh, holiday romance it wasn't a holiday it was was yeah sorry alright workplace romance why are you asking just out of interest that's what you ask someone oh when you're a kid not a kid like a teenager go on a trip are you looking do I I know you did I don't know maybe you do no I'm asking you I did yeah did you yeah who with who Who with um, a fellow stagiaire Nothing wrong with it. It was all above board. I don't know if it was allowed in the sort of company culture document, but it's before those times. Okay. And what happened? When you're sharing a house in close quarters in the middle of nowhere for three months. What else are you going to do? Exactly. Drink a lot of Peroni. Yeah. And, you know. Get down on it. Yeah, it was all it's just holding hands. Was it? That's very romantic. That's a real, not holiday, sorry, work romance. What was their name? I, I, I shouldn't say. No? What, did uh, they listen to the pod? <laughs> maybe. Really? Are you still in touch? Uh, yeah, occasionally. Oh. Yeah. It's all above board. She lives... You keep saying it's all above Austria, board. Austria, maybe. Was it full board or half board? Sally. Sally. She was called Sally. Still is, as far as I know. <laughs> <laughs> so I wouldn't blame her if she decided to change her name. After this? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. sorry Sally if you listen. That's she was nice. lovely, we had a nice time. Have you had many holiday romances? Um, yeah, in Mallorca, actually. Really? Yeah. Um, other than that, I used to, you know, when I was little and I'd go to America to visit the cousins, there was always some sort of... I used to get very bored, so I'd get, my aunt was a teacher, and I would just go into... I was a real nerd, it turns out. I'd just go, can I come and go to your school during my holidays? Right. My vacation. I'd go and sit in the back of the class. I remember the teacher was from Liverpool, Mr. White. White, um, and I would sort of, you know, this was like aged eleven. Yeah, and so you have those little sort of flirty, handholdy, yeah, go, d- roller skating. Yeah, and feel very much in love. Very powerful feeling, yeah. I think. What about you? Um, Did you have a holiday romance this year? Not this year, no. No. Um, poor wife. No. Oh well, yeah. I'm, uh, my life count? is one big romance <laughs> story with my wife. It really is. Um, Chemical romance or just a standard romance? Standard. I mean, some chems throwing some. Actually, you no, know, she didn't say that because there's proper like bad like chem sex thing, isn't there? I was gonna. I got mixed up between Gerard Way and Gerard Butler there. Yeah, Way One. Way is the emo dude. Butler's the fallen dude. Yeah, kicks people down wells. Um, I remember. I think was it a school trip or a, like a sailing trip? So I remember falling absolutely in love with 
some girl who in my head was like 25 yeah. but she was probably 15 and I was 10 or 11 or so and I remember trying that's to, a groovy kind of love yeah trying to show off that I was amazing at Mortal Kombat they had a black right. and white Mortal Kombat machine on this campsite and I remember being like oh yeah I can do all the special moves and I could not do the special moves and she watched for a bit I think she was I don't even think I spoke to her but I'd see her around and I was very much enamoured of her then she uh, I've got a grammar there she (laughs) she left the um, little arcade bit on the campsite and as she left I finally did a special move on Mortal Kombat you know one of the ones where you kill them at the end yeah Hadouken Uh, no that's Street Fighter Um, uh, and she missed it so I missed my shot with her for love. Do you think that would have sealed the deal? Absolutely. At that age, somebody doing doing a fatality, that's what they're called, on uh, Mortal Kombat, I reckon she would have been very impressed. That was always the stuff when you were a kid that you were like, they're going to be so into this. Yeah. I remember, you just reminded me of, I must have been six, going to my primary school, North Stanley School. I also shout out to Lauren and her sister and mother, she came by Sons and Daughters, which we also need to talk about. Have you had holiday romances with the whole family? <laughs> That's <laughs> no. why you're going to shout no, out. No, I was about to talk about North Stanley School, and then a uh, family from Ripon came to the van and oh, said right. hello, and she said, you're from Ripon, I listened to the podcast when you... And I came in halfway through it, and suddenly I was, I was describing the Market Square, and she was like, That's got to be Ripon, sure enough. Well, you went very in-depth on your explanation of the square at Ripon. She was probably the only listener out there who's like, oh, I'm into, I'm into this. Appleton's the butcher. Yeah, let's not do it again. I mean, if listeners okay. want to check back in on it, check <laughs> anyway, out episode No Idea. I don't know if this is interesting, but you go, on the, uh, age six, on the way to North Stanley Primary School, Rachel Berry was probably five, you know, probably 10 or 11, was quite the babe of the school. Right. And I remember... Like scratching my hand, it was basically self harm. Not to make light of that, but um, really trying to give myself injuries right. so that she like get took pity on me, yeah. and I might get a cuddle. Sad times, but no, that's great. That's how we learn. It's a good move, I think. I mean, if you if you went on Tinder now, I mean, I've never been on those things because they're after my time. But I'd already found love, and not in a hopeless place, in the centre of Chichester, <laughs> but. The, I, I thought you were going to go down the Ronan Keating route, but life uh, is a roller coaster. Sure, and you just got to ride it. Um, but like, you could go on Tinder with your leg in a cast, or your arm in a cast, or anything—just yeah. cast, <laughs> cast any part of your body you want. But be like, I, um, you know, I'm having a tough time, and maybe people would take pity on you, and you'd get a date. I'm not saying you, the royal we. Yeah, but. Then- <laughs> But then you turn up on the date and they're like, oh, what, you used your arm right? And you're like, yeah, that was years ago. <laughs> yeah. I just wanted you to swipe right. Or just do it, carry it on. Turn up with a fake cast on. Or on crutches. Are people into that? Some Probably not. Pe- Sam, if you can picture it, there's someone out there who's into it. That's, uh, I can't remember what that law's called. Well, it's not quite the same, but... Is there something like, you know... Yeah, Godwin's law, or whatever. There's a yeah. certain law which, like, if you can picture it, then there's probably some freak out there who's made porn of it. Yeah, I'm not saying it has to be a porny thing. Just like a I'm not saying you were saying that, Sam. Yeah. It's a massive fucking episode. Do you know why? Why? And it only occurred to me this morning. Yeah, this is our fifth birthday. We've been doing this fucking stupid thing for <laughs> five years, and we've got nothing to show for it. Literally nothing. No, we've um, not won any awards. 
No. We have more listeners than we had. You'd hope that's absolute base level expectation. Yeah, but I'm grasping at straws here. But um, well, how do you know it's five years? Because I know that we started it in August 2014. Right. And it's now August 2019. Or if you're listening, it's just the beginning of September 2019. Wow. Well, if, I, we will say that if you're listening, you are listening because <laughs> these sounds are going into those holes. But, if they, but if they were listening to it in six... No, it's still the same. <laughs> oh, shit. No, see, we confusing. come back in. Come back in yeah. proper. Time yeah. is still confusing, despite summer. So that's good. That is good. What an achievement. I thought, uh, given that next week... We, uh, the week commencing 9th of September 2019, we're opening our sandwich shop, Sons and Daughters, in Coldrops Yard. Yes. In King's Cross. And I thought we should do a little ticky off, ticky offer, if you will. Oh, a ticky, ticky offer. For listeners. Yeah. Would you think that's a nice thing? Yeah, I think that's really nice. If they come in and say, I find time very confusing, <laughs> then we'll give them a free soft serve. I think that's going to confuse our team yeah but there's then it's the vibe is correct it's with confusion it's confusion yeah. confusion and a lack of profit I was going to say 25% off your sandwich throughout the month of September when you come is that alright yeah we should have discussed this before yeah I've well. got all these notes yeah fine just go when you get your sandwich say ticky off the thing is then someone behind you is going to either say bless you or because they think you sneezed was my joke okay or they'll go alright can I get the egg sandwich T- ticky off so that maybe there needs to be yeah that's a tricky one uh, a ticky one <laughs> oh. sorry um, yeah we should do an offer though that's good 25% off we're just going to workshop the if offer you, yeah. this is what a meeting between me and Sam <laughs> yeah. is like you, this um, is quite a privilege ticky uh Okay, you're not allowed to say it out loud in case others pick up on it. What so about to... what about a gesture? <laughs> like a ghost face. Oh. Ooh. If you say I love ghosts. Yeah. Yeah, if you say you love ghosts. No, but then it's the same thing as they could say ticky off. Yeah, but it's weirder. So I tell you what, no, behind... but it could just be a great unsaid. So you say ticky off and the staff member won't say anything to you. Just in return. Just well, wink, you get in trouble. It's like, have you been to that weird winky sandwich shop? It's proper creepy. Or they might, a member of staff might mishear that somebody said ticky off and then wink at them. And then somebody might take great offence. Yeah. All right, they'll, oh, I was going to say clap. So, now we're just treating our staff like performing, jobbing actors. Just say ticky off, whatever. Just and if somebody ticky. else says ticky off, then. Just make sure they're a real listener. That, what, and if they're yeah. not, then call them out on it. What is ticky off? And they'll be like, oh, I don't know. Well, you don't get the discount, bozo. Yeah, uh, that's good. Yeah, so the staff, was, you say ticky off, they'll say, what is it? It gets a bit confrontational. And still the person behind in the queue could listen into all of this yeah. and have all of the information. But Do you know pe- what? I'm willing pe- to run that risk. People in a queue, they're, they're in another world. They're thinking, Do I want the mortadella sandwich or the egg with truffle crisps? Uh, you know, am I going to get a PBJ soft serve afterwards? Is it going to be a can of Beaver Town neck oil? You see what I'm doing here, Sam. Yeah. People know what's on offer. Yeah. Should I get a chip butty this evening? Yeah. 
You're only saying all the things that are currently available in the van, apart from the soft serve. <laughs> yeah. So you well, haven't revealed anything there. But anyway, go somewhere else to learn about it. It's a sandwich shop. It's going to be awesome. Say tick you off. Uh, you say it in the middle of your order. Okay? God. So, can I, please, can I get the mortadella tiki, tiki off? <laughs> yeah. That's good. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Oh, but it might get missed. But it's not... Mm. Oh, God. <laughs> I think there should be a handshake. There's a no, spe- <laughs> you can't have people touching people. Special handshake. It's cashless. What if they bring something in? Oh, then the person in the queue could ask to borrow it, but you that seems unlikely. Do? What? Everyone's got their phone on them. Yeah. Just show the fucking picture show that you of the subs- latest episode. Show that you subscribe to Tiki Off, and we'll give you 25% off your sandwich. And if one of us is in there, we'll do a ghost impression for you. Yeah. Brilliant. Done. Sorted. See, that's, that's workshop. That is. Pure. This is how inspiration is created and sold between two pieces of bread. <laughs> that we're calling us. What? <laughs> Ah, see, you can't lose it when you operate a podcast at this level. Just, just slip right back into it. Slipping Jimmy. <laughs> what happened to that? Do you know what? The other day I was thinking, did I even finish the last series of Better Call Saul? Yeah. I can't remember it. Yeah, you did. Did I? Yeah, it's coming back, but then there's a movie coming out next week, isn't it? Or yeah. a couple of weeks. Is that going to be good? Yeah, it'd be great. Yeah? Yeah. So what else is, uh, is new, Sam? Um... How are you feeling about uh, S&D? Um, scared, nervous, mm. sick, um, but I was, excited. I, I, was, um, I was DMing a fellow restaurateur on Instagram uh, who'd, who'd seen the picture I posted of our, one of our bits of kitchen equipment and was like, oh, I've always wanted one of those, it looks awesome. Which is like, you know, which is basically the counter from which all the sandwich fillings goes. And he was like, you know, how are you doing? And I said, yeah, um, feeling sick about 70% of the time at the moment. But And he said, yeah, yeah, no, the feeling. Everyone's, every, most of us are uh, having a, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a challenging time for us all. And it has been, but it seems to be getting worse. I mean, today is the day jo- Joris Bonson has just prorogued Parliament. So that feels like an added gut punch to end all gut punches. The death of UK democracy, as Nicola Sturgeon has put it. For sure. But also, the one thing, and you said, oh, the Queen can't get involved, but also there must have been some people going, look, if you tell them to fuck off, you would get so many people would be on side with the Queen. And all the people who are happy about it are the kind of people who dig the Queen anyway. Aren't they? Yeah. Sadly, I'm not on the side of her saying, you know, the dick move was... Him and actually, what everyone on the radio was saying on the world at one was the whole point of neutrality means you're out of it. So she stayed out of it by not doing anything. Everything will blow back on him, and he will be the shortest uh, prime minister of all time if we're lucky. There'll be an election. Yeah, we'll but then steamrolled. Willie, ah. God, I don't know. Let's not talk about him. He's gross. James, who's on the pod today? Um, that was an unfortunate segue. Or intentional. What was? She was like, he's gross. Moving on. Oh, sorry. No, I didn't mean it like that. Uh, well, I, 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 I don't want to overblow it, but, you know, one of the more controversial journalists, I would say, of the uh, of the left, and I know he would describe himself as being, as being of the left, but 
other guests on the podcast uh, very much. Uh, uh, let me rephrase all this. How are we going to put this? He's a controversial chap. Yeah. He's a controversial chap who guests, previous guests of the podcast, have publicly had quite um, epic beef with. It is Times restaurant critic Giles Corrin. He's just started his own podcast. Everyone's trying to get on our turf. I'm coming out swinging at this guy. You? Sure. Swing away. I'll swing be swinging. Low, sweet chariot? Yep. I, was, I don't know how that song goes. I don't know how Jerusalem goes. And I realised I don't know take, how Take Me Out to the Ball Game goes. I don't, I've never heard of that last one. Really? Nope. It's like a really famous American song. Never heard it. No? Well, uh, the Swing Low Sweet Chariot, I know, was sung on the reg by home fans at St Mary's. Was it? Yeah, because they used to sing it about your old chairman, now arch-Brexit wankface, Rupert Lowe. Yeah, you say now arch-Brexit wankface. He was a complete wankface then. Hence singing Swing Low, Swing Rupert Lowe, Swinging from the Hitchin Bridge. Are you impressed by my arcane saints knowledge? And the Hitchin Bridge, yeah. Don't even know what that is. Assuming it's a bridge. Absolutely. Is it a bit? I don't know. What are your favourite bridges? Um, Wayne? Golden Gate. Wayne. Of the foot. Bridge of the foot. (laughs) Is there a bridge of the foot? Arch. (laughs) So, we're in the right... um, Bridge. I don't know. I mean... Brooklyn. It's got to be up there. Brooklyn, no, not too, anymore. It's too cliche. What did we walk over Brooklyn. in the heat? Oh, it was hot. God, that, that was a was long hot. walk. I wanted to punch you making the, me do that. Me? Yeah. We you were like, go- oh, we'll walk. Error. We'd done hot. a lot of Uber. And we had the bag bags, didn't we? The wheelie bags. Hey. Um, Got very lost because I didn't know left from right that day. Really? Yeah, it was confusing. I didn't tell you, but I was being a moron. <laughs> All right. <laughs> It's good that I just follow you blindly, not knowing that you're being moronic. Yeah. Welcome to Sons and Daughters. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of what else we got. Well, Giles, once we've got through talking about why he's so controversial, I've already discussed that Giles and I are basically going to spend the rest of the podcast talking about Ben Stokes. So if you've got any more food-related things you want to talk about... We could... I mean, you could save that and you could do that at mm-hmm. dinner. Yeah, we'll do we'll do half and half. I don't know. I don't know how much crossover there is between ticky off listeners and crickety listeners. Uh, plenty. Is also, it? Ben Stokes. Do you know what he had the night before the match? McDonald's. No, that was after they right. got fifty-five pounds worth of McDonald's. Oh. I think the night before he said he had a knockoff Nando's, which I'm curious to know what that is. Right. Probably went to Casa do Frango. No, he wouldn't because it was in Leeds, wasn't it? Um, a couple of Yorkie bars. Really? You a fan of a Yorkie bar? Not really. No. I don't understand it. It's just like very hard chocolate. Hmm. It's not for girls. Do they? They can't still use that. I don't think so, no. Did you see Marks and Spencer had to rename the porn star Martini? Yeah. Why is it called a porn star Martini? Because the fellow who invented it back in 2002 said, oh, it's just the sort of thing a porn star would drink. It's fun, it's easygoing. Wow. I'm fun and easygoing. You're not a porn star. Exactly. Or are you? I see you can make a little extra coin. We're not making money on Tiki Off. Maybe we set up a porn site. Uh, I'm going to pass uh, on that. I don't think people want to see me, you know... Working the moves. Working it. All right. Look, I mean, there's something for everyone out there. Yeah, I don't know whether there's... I don't know whether that's for anyone. 
Probably not. Although you look quite good at the moment, actually. What? You do, you look yeah, good. because I had a little shave. Shaved your beard? Yeah. yeah. I think so. You do look very young. Young, tanned. Too young. Not too young. <laughs> don't, you don't look that young, mate. But you look youngish. I was a bit annoyed in, after this shave in Waitrose buying beer at the, you know, thing. And so they have to come and check. Yeah. Or, you know, check you through. And you didn't ask for ID. I still get ID'd. Do you? Yeah. Been ID'd for a long time. I forget ID'd. The best one was relatively recently when I was with Kit and they ID'd me. I was like, this is my 18 year old daughter and that's why she's laughing so much. What, they weren't going to ID her? No, she was sort of stood back, wasn't it? but it was that thing of scan, self scan and then they come over. Yeah, but that's what everyone says. This what? is my 18 year old daughter and it's just their mate. It's a good line. Yeah, but it's either that or it's like I'm one of those gross dudes who goes out with 18 year old girls. Could be that too. I used to do the old, uh, when I was underage, like, you get your dad's old car keys. Yeah. And then they're like, have you got any idea? You're like, yeah, sure. And he's trying to get your, pretending you're trying to get your wallet out to find it. And you just, like, pull out some car keys, stick them on the bar. Yeah. Oh, oh. Yeah, that's the car keys. Do that, and then your driving gloves. Yeah. <laughs> your goggles. <laughs> yeah, what else could you get out to show your you? AA rating? manual. <laughs> <laughs> like a, a trundle bowser <laughs> little tin of boiled sweets that you brought out from the glove box <laughs> a, a tyre jack a tyre <laughs> that'd be awesome yeah and they're still like sorry mate yeah you know. you're clearly 12 but impressive that you can fit a tyre in your pocket well in those days you could that's what you know um, cargo pants were for it still amazes me that people wear those. I think people are trying to bring them back. A friend of the podcast, Ed Holcroft, last time I saw him, he was wearing them. Really? Mm-hmm. He's a strange, strange fish, then. He's in the new Nef- a new Netflix original coming out at some point. Is it? Christmas, I think. It's about Ooh. the origins of football and the FA Cup. Huh. Is it? Was he good at football back in the day? Don't think so. Huh. I don't know. I never played with him. Right. He went to a rugby school, you see. Okay. Yeah. Rugger buggers. So, uh, do you want to do you want to just do a little pause for the jingle and then um, then we'll have our guest. Yeah, let's. Yeah. All right. Um, I just got. I did a thing. Oh, what so I did this truth, love, and clean cutlery restaurant guide ethical mm. did. Yeah, it didn't really pan out, but but um, and I went to promote it on a live event for the one of those big, not you know sub TED talk type of you know yeah. the think it uh, whatever it was, and then and then they just said oh we're about to put it out as a podcast. You fucking what? And you got because a, a podcast is you know it, you do a live event. And you want to get the room behind you, 150 people say what you like, doesn't really matter, make some jokes. Yeah. Once it goes out as a podcast, yeah. the people who don't like you, which is, they are legion, or at least in my case, if not legion, they're certainly very attentive. They find stuff which out of context mm. looks. And I said, fucking no way. They said, oh, well, just will you have a listen? And I had a listen, and it, I was just about to go to Amsterdam to watch. Uh, you're not on, right? It doesn't, wouldn't oh, matter. Oh, we are on. We are going, on no, no, yeah. fine, good, good, good. That'd be okay. Okay. Well, no, fine. I, I just said all sorts of things which. Um, you regret it. It was basically, I was showing off. To get a room in, I occasionally go out for dinner and lunch with Gary Lineker. You know, he's a mate of a mate, yeah. a mate of Jonathan Downey. Yeah. Uh, and I just, I was, and I was quite indiscreet. 
about old Gaz. <laughs> right. And they said, you fucking that Every mention of him has got to be out. A, because it looks like I'm a massive name dropper, which I am. Also, I've said made up these things about Gary to try and get a laugh in the room. Perfect. Uh, totally dissed the book <laughs> in a ways that were kind of probably oh, made God. people buy it in the room. But, yeah. you know, taken out of context. What was your real reason for writing this ethical restaurant guide? The money. Obviously, yeah. 30k up front. Yeah, give a lovely. fuck if anyone but you, you don't. Included us, thank you don't you. put that. Yeah, I'm sorry. When I say yeah. that, the reason I did it was that. No, no, no. Anyway, yes. Uh, if I say anything untoward, yeah. I mean, you can. So we I did had, include you because you're great and ethical and marvelous. Well, but I was truthful when they said how did you come up with the 300 restaurants? Was that I googled ethical and restaurant? I got 700 lists from the yeah. Guardian. And I just put in the ones that a bit, and the ones I'd obviously been to, like yours. Well, that's it's 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 sitting proudly on the shelf at Pigeon. Um, anyway, yeah. If you the following yes. morning, I mean, so we had your friend Tom Parker Bowles on a, a while ago, and <laughs> and he effed and jeffed, and we gave the spiel of like, if there's anything you don't want in, that's fine. We're not here to sort of uh, hang anyone, so just let us know. He's like, no, no, it's fine. The following morning, I think I got WhatsApp and a text and an email saying, you've got to cut every mention of beep uh, that I made, which was quite a lot of cutting for poor Sam. Because so. does he he gives you the his, the stuff that we all, that Tom shouldn't talk about most. Yeah, yeah, was and then realised he oughtn't to. Have. Was it that stuff? Well, I don't know what that is. Who but... knows? Well, we do, come on. Um, oh, come so there's a few, a few, it wasn't that so much. It was just sort of... Just general sort of, I guess, in, indiscreet. Tom is wonderfully of, indiscreet yeah. and an amazing sort of lunching and dining partner, and I go out with him all the time. Uh, uh, but he's just because of who he is and how he fits into things, he doesn't really want to... His, his restaurant reviews don't have any indiscretion, and the things he writes mm. are very quiet. Anyway, sure. he was, he, he, there was nothing actually indiscreet from our point of view. It was just, I think, he wanted to play safe. Um, you, so you've just been in Greece, which is... Have you but deliberately put me on a low stool, so I feel like I'm... Uh, no. Exactly <laughs> like they do. When you go for your interview at school or university and they seat you on a low thing. My school, the, the school library had a really high door knocker. And when you went, oh, you've come down. Yeah. Oh, hello. That's that, much better. That looks very strange. I'm going to stay where I am, but that's your... your you get restaurants like that. My favourite restaurant, the Singapore Garden in, uh, in Belsize Park. Every time I mention them, I get a free... Actually, I get one anyway. Uh, they, they have, like, they had a refurb and the, ben- the bonquettes along the back are, like, three inches higher than the chairs. And you always have to give the girl, obviously, the girl's seat, which is back to the wall, nice view. And you just go in and it looks like a load of tall women having dinner with midgets because the men are all sitting on the... I have to stand there looking up at my wife saying, should we get the quay pie tea and the, the fried hockey and meat? And she's like, way up there. You can't bring in the kids' booster seat with you. That would be too No, or the hemorrhoids cushion. Oh, yeah. Well, there's always the hemorrhoids that cushion. Um, you just said you just come back from mm. Greece, which um, I'm very much with you in terms of it being... An, great holiday holiday destination but you seem less bothered than i find myself by day six dried oregano malaise uh there yes there is particularly when they put it on um we, we're trying to get the kids to eat something because the kids just eat fried calamari and chips best mm. chips in the world unless you get unlucky and you go to the places where they're frozen but mostly cut from those sort of dry mediterranean mm. spuds and fried shallow in olive oil there's best chips in the world that fresh calamari out of the sea an FS or, or, or Retsina in a crown cap. Glug, glug, glug. It's absolutely delicious. Um, but then the kids don't eat anything green. So you get, can we have a, can we have a Greek salad? No onion, no feta, no tomatoes, no olives. Basically, so, bowl of cucumber. Yes, <laughs> mate. And no oil and no fucking dried oregano. 
And then they bring it, oh, you just put a little bit of dried oregano. Sorry, my kids see that. They think, what is this? This is something shat on it. So, <laughs> so yeah, the dried No, and do you know what? We, the, where we were in Meganissi, which is quite quiet and, and where not... Where's that? Uh, Ionian Islands. Uh, mm. The Lefkas is a sort of bigger island. Then there's Meganissi and there's Ithaca just mm. across, you know. Obviously. Home of. Home of. Or is it the same Ithaca? So we took my kids because obviously... Obviously, my children being eight and six in North London, privately educated, they, they well really want to know about Homer. Yeah. No, they don't give a fuck. He, <laughs> he cares about football and she cares about... No one knows what my daughter cares about. But So I've been reading the Odyssey to them, so we go, there's Ithaca, there's Scylla and Charybdis, apparently, but it's now like it's... What used to be Scylla and Charybdis is now marshland and some of it's been reclaimed and there's an SO petrol station there, so... Well, times change. Some would say yeah. that a, a petrol station is worse than <laughs> than, a, than, than a whirlpool and a, and a sea monster. But yeah, so around there, and there was this. There was, we went, well, there's all these lovely Greek restaurants, and there's one. Really, there's one Thai restaurant which is full of crew. Right. All the people who crew the posh boats out there who've had enough fucking Greek yeah. food to last a lifetime ram out this Thai place. Day nine, we went to the Thai place. And it's shit, but it was right. better than another plate of d- delicious. Uh, but also, you know, you they, they have. There's not a lot of you, you swim, you snorkel in the Mediterranean. You see, there aren't many fish. If they see one, they catch it and they grill it, and it's delicious. But it's a, it's a hundred quid for a small sea bass mm. out there. Um, and but, I mean, I, th- I think I know the answer to this question anyway. But what's the what's the sort of one cuisine that you you would happily eat forever? And um, the answer I don't know. Um, I used to say Chinese. But that's obviously... I mean, I did, and it's probably mm. true, but I, I probably said that 20 years ago in the context of an old-fashioned North London Chinese restaurant. It's a great catch-all, because it's like saying yeah. European. Yeah. You know, you say Chinese, well, that's, that's a quarter of the world. Uh, and, uh, you know, as ridiculous as saying European. But if I, had, I probably would say Singaporean. I'd say Singapore-Malaysian, I'd, okay, right. I'd probably say, because, I, yeah, I just randomly... Anything with a bit of heat. But it's just not a situation that is going to arise where there's only one kind of... Unless I get incarcerated in prison in Malaysia, in which case they'll probably just feed me porridge, won't they? I think I, we I all can't... might be eating porridge soon anyway. Well, because of Brexit? Yes. Yeah, Brexit would be fine. What's your take? I mean, we, would, we got into this brief too, and then... Yeah. And then, and then it's the thing is, by the time this goes out, who knows what would have happened? It's in, yeah. We've got five days, sure. but... Well, do, do, I just saw Owen Jones calling... In fact, it's happening now, isn't it? So today, for your listeners who... Are, what, what are We've you, mentioned days, the prorogation already. We've mentioned the prorogation. Yeah. Well, you started now, me. Oh, we always do a little intro. Oh, of course you do, because we have listened to it. No, I know. <laughs> I've listened to all of them. Yes, it's great. I like the intro. It's the best bit before some boring cunt from the food industry comes and spoils it. No, uh, so yes, you're right. And then, but I just saw on Twitter, Owen thing, Owen Wilson. No, not Owen Wilson. <laughs> if Owen Wilson, now, yeah. if he said come out <laughs> yeah. on the streets, man, I would go. No, Owen Jones, he said, everyone out on the streets, man, just around the corner. He wants them at Parliament Square to just kind of, like, protest. Um, the, the civil disobedience will go. It's a fucking ball ache, isn't it? What protesting or the whole thing? The whole thing. Yeah. It's just, it's just, uh, it's just insane. Um, but I, 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 I think it's to, to talk about and have an opinion about it is boring. I think really to have an opinion really about anything is, is, is full a, stop. Is boring. I don't really have opinions. But but for what it's worth, uh, I voted Remain. But once they go leave, fucking leave. This is this has been terrible. You're fed up. But oh, I just leave and then come back in later. I, everyone's going, oh, the children, the children, you twats. They, we, the world is going on for hundreds of years, apart from climate change. But if it were, <laughs> were hypothetically, by some miracle, yeah. the world to persist, we go back into the fucking European Union. We'll have a fucking terrible time. We'll have a shit. I mean, everything will go tits up and the pound will disappear and industry will fall to mm. bits and we'll have no immigrant workers so that the industry that we're all interested in will go to pieces yeah. uh, and all other industries and it'll all be terrible it'll be fucking rubbish and in 25 years my children will shoot my children will give a shit they'll just be playing cricket but, but uh, in 20 you know, they'll go back into the European Union 
It's fine. It's going to be shit, then you go back. They're whinging about it now. It's fine. I mean, I can see why people are really upset, but once it's happened, let it happen, get on with it. Go back in a bit later. I mean, and it's just that the energy, the, the, the energy and the talent, if you think of them as talented politicians, but the energy and the talent and the money and the time that has gone into this, which could have gone yeah. into other more important things, is just, it's just heartbreaking. So that's the most sickening thing about it, in a way, is the, the wasted, the opportunity cost, or whatever they call it. But, um, yeah, too miserable, especially for us, given the industry we work in. Is it really bad for you? Oh, just everything's, uh, you know, there's, it's, um, there's so many factors at play with the general, you know, I definitely wouldn't put Brexit uh, as the only reason why we're in a bit of a industry slump, but it's not helping matters by any means. And, um, and that's a bit sad. And, you know, when, when you look at the outcome of a no-deal exit with, um, for EU nationals who work for us, you know, they've got until the end of next year to apply for settled status, but you've got people like Richard Bertinet, the baker, who's lived in the UK all, for 25 years, is married to a Brit, and was denied settled status. Does he? You know, so yeah. Does he have to go home and leave his wife? He's got to go home. And he's well, it's an opportunity yeah. to yeah. marry someone else without, <laughs> sorry, love. Mix it up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there is that. Yeah. It's living. Maybe we live in interesting times. What, what, why did you decide to do a podcast? Because uh, I listened to yours and I thought it was so marvellous. <laughs> I can't this I know, well, yeah. Because everybody does a podcast. It's, there's a, it's a long and an interesting question. And, and uh, no, a long and a boring question to which I can give a long and boring answer. I basically did it because uh, I signed a new contract with The Times. And uh, they're trying to do some other shit and they've bought wireless audio and they've got their own talk radio now and uh, and virgin and they want to get they wanted to, and, and i wanted more money and they didn't have enough the amount of money that i wanted let's be brutally honest they couldn't get out of just the paper and right. so they said let's do some other shit so i've started a, a radio show it's going to start on talk radio right uh in which i will obviously be delivering frothing right-wing pro-trump brexity opinions well, in the manner of julia yeah. hartley brewer yeah. except with a hairier chin but not much hairier uh and uh and then also doing this podcast and they just said right do a podcast uh, I said, great, let's do a podcast. I didn't really, I'm not a podcast listener. No, I wasn't. I started <laughs> listening to podcasts when I had to do one. And I just said, everyone's got one. Uh, and the first thing they said was do like a food podcast, which you'll forgive me if I make a, putting a gun in my mouth. This, it's a, every, there's so many food podcasts. But I thought, okay. And I thought, I said, okay, here's what I'll do. You were like, Jay's got that covered. No, no, this is the thing. It was about like, six months ago and I signed the contract. I was being, I get paid, unlike most, I don't know how it works, but I get paid a decent annual wedge to do a podcast. Uh, and so, right, what's it going to be about? And I said, well, I'll tell you what, I'll just take some celebrities to a fucking restaurant. I know, I'll pick a restaurant which I think the celebrities would like and I'll take them to it and we'll eat and we'll talk some shit about their boring film they've got coming out. Great idea, they said. Literally, I was about to start Jay Rayner out to lunch, sitting there with some actors talking. Do you think it's bugged you? Yeah, I don't really care. I'm fucking glad because it's got that stupid, boring idea done by somebody else. Uh, and, but I nearly did that. I nearly, and I was slightly dreading this thing where I have to go out for lunch with some tedious actor. To tell me, yeah. I've read that you like calamari. Try these. I mean, really, it's that'd be grim. It would be fucking grim. So, so, so. Oh, unfortunately, Jay's done that, and he does it very well. Let me tell you. In fact, one. I remember A. Gill. You know, Russian critics talking about each other. A. Gill um, talking about Jay, having some conversation about Jay. He, said, he obviously writes like a drain, but he's actually rather a good broadcaster. 
uh, was a thing. That, I, mean, I don't know whether you think that's an impersonation of agents any good. It's a bit like that. It um, wasn't far off. Yeah, yeah. He's a, it's like a drain, but he's a rather, rather good broadcaster. Um, which I would take. I would take that from Adrian. That's better than nothing. When our, he wrote a piece about Russian critics once, where he was, uh, and he wrote any. Yeah, Faye Masher the, you know, uh, got to me and he said, uh, mouth like a fireman's glove, but wonderful on waitresses. <laughs> Uh, which I would have as an epitaph, really. That is, you okay. couldn't summon at my restaurant content, mouth like a fireman's glove, wonderful was on waitresses. It, was this when he described Faye as like the, 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 like the mother or the aunt who just stopped all the kids squabbling and... Was Could have been that one. He was very mean about Matthew Fort, quite rightly. <laughs> oh, so this uh, was longer... Right, OK. Oh, no, so far ago, yes. was a while ago. Fort was still alive. So that was a bit mean. <laughs> no, no, it was fine. Um, so anyway, so this podcast came along, and so I thought... And I was dreading having to waste a whole afternoon. You know, first of all, go and beg lunch off one of these restaurants and then get some tedious actor in line. I'm not interested in other people's opinions or lives. I, I don't want to... Fair so then my wife had this idea, and I had it for a while because she's a bit... She's a bit younger than me, and she's a bit more sort of plugged in. A bit more switched on. Not very bit. We should do a podcast, and we should, we should do this thing she was going to call Column Day, where we get we talk because we do talk about what my column is going to be for the week. And I often I go on the school run. And she, I say, read the papers. I'll you read the Daily Mail. Tell me what's in there. Give me a celebrity. I'll write about it. Give me some jokes. And she does. And I so let's do that. So I put that to them. And said, yeah, okay, fine, we'll do that. It seemed like whatever I suggested mm. they would do. Uh, and um, and this that isn't. I'm going to do it tomorrow in the morning. And that's just an hour. Producer comes around with all this kit to the kitchen table. Perfect. Sit down, yak, yak, yak. And it's a bag of shite, and it's fucking popular. It's really yeah. weird. Obviously, so that it went straight to number one, but I gather that they do. So, so they said, don't get too excited about that. Yeah, we, we had that as yeah. well. Yeah. You, know, you, think the, you think you're, oh, <laughs> my God. We didn't have that. Did you not? <laughs> no. But in a bit, okay, sorry. I mean, look, is that, first of all, by the way, yours is like an independent, proper podcast where you do shit you want. Mine, I, it's just Rupert Murdoch says, do it. Uh, and then it goes out, and the Times, and they're like, I listen to this podcast, or talk radio. Wow, 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 Charles Corrin's podcast is on. You know, how could, if I didn't, if I wasn't top for a couple of weeks, it'd be really embarrassing. You know, it is literally the, you know, it's, it's Mr. Burns owns it, and, and the whole of, <laughs> you know, the whole of Springfield has to listen or die. So, so I went to, so we went, we were number one, wow, 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 for about two or three weeks uh, and then we sort of stayed there then we slipped a bit um, then we started we started appearing in pics of the best podcast mysteriously in the Sunday I Times I saw that yeah, yeah I, I mean, furious we didn't get a mention sure, well, you should have told me I could have got you in there it's a fit up <laughs> sure time. Cora Times podcast makes it into Times list of best podcasts but also the BBC list so the BBC roundups of things they said it was a good podcast it's, it's, it's a, I mean it's fine I, I mean I, these lists they're just trying to fill them any which way yeah exactly it's any, anything but pay a journalist a proper a wage but then, but, then, but then we've been off for a couple of weeks on this hiatus on, on a holiday and stuff the, not, the podcast hasn't going out and it's come soaring back into the top 10 when we're not even recording it it's mm. not going out which is a surely That's, I mean this is our first one back in three four weeks so w- we did that did not happen to us did you not we did but not now you've got me on it I am the yeah. king of podcast it, t- it transpires I really, basically a podcast is a thing where, where, you, where podcasters like me come onto podcasts like yours to talk to the kind of weird people who listen to podcasts about, all the pod- about my own podcast or the, or you own. could after listening to this podcast download mine it's called Charles Corrin has no idea. And it's available on... Wah, 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 you know. I've already had a go at your sister on this podcast because of her appearance on another podcast whose host came on this podcast. She went on the, the, that rubbish... Off menu. Yeah, fucking... That takes, so off menu pissed me off too. It's not rubbish. But I, when I was trying to find the idea for my podcast, first of all, I had the bog shit idea, oh, take a celebrity to a restaurant. Damn, Jay's done it. Then I thought, okay, we'll do an imaginary restaurant. And they went, yeah, James Acast has done that. <laughs> and it's fucking hell. All right, all right. I'll just talk to my wife about... Nothing. Yeah, but it transpires people like listening to Mine. people talk shit. Yeah. Like, that's what we do. And at least 20 so, so, people... Yeah, it seems like less people like that than they like 
the other one. But he's got a platform. Yeah, oh, yeah, he's got, yeah, no, 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 he's I, got mine, Mr. Burns. Mr. No, Burns, Mr. Burns, yeah. Mr. Burns sorts it all out. And no, it's... Um, I wrote, I wrote columns about my podcast being out. Then my podcast was shot to number one. Massive fix, doesn't really matter. I mean, Apple just, it's a Take fucked it. algorithm. My wife then wrote a piece with a cover puff on the Times. How we start in a successful podcast. And there's a self-perpet, and people go, oh, downloaded podcast. Yeah. And then suddenly, and it's like, it's a load of fucking people. It's like, it's about sort of 30,000 a week. It's, it's, it's like 250,000 people have listened to this. And it is, you know, I mean, you're hearing the low quality excited, of what it though. is. It's good. It's, no, I am. I am. Well, that's, I've had a, but, I've had but a, a, a but, but do you enjoy the actual, the doing of it? Not just because it's easier, not just because you get I get paid. to have a row with my wife yeah. uh, on air so everyone can see that I'm right. Although what they comment is, let your wife get a word in. Oh, Esther's funny. Giles should shut up. And all the pod- all the reviews that we get, it's not that many reviews, but you, all the reviews mm. we get, either five stars or one star, which is the story of my fucking life. That's it, the story of also public reviews. Yes, basically. No one goes on review to put yeah. three stars, good in parts. We had a review of Pigeon the other day on TripAdvisor or something, and he was like, uh, absolutely, you know, I'm probably going to over egg it, but it wasn't far off, like, absolutely sublime meal, but really didn't like the Petty Four. Two stars. <laughs> really? I was like, come on, surely that's four He's stars. He's like Petty, Petty Four, man. Yeah. yeah really, yeah. really shit meal, yeah. vomited, <laughs> got <laughs> ill, yeah. waiter pissed in my eye. Great Petty Four, five stars. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, he, exactly. he, he's yeah. the kind of guy who says, actually, my... I have this really unique way of reviewing restaurants because I just think the real insight into a place and its chef can only come from the Petit Four. <laughs> and that's his deep insight but that he would no doubt share with all of his exciting friends. have those opinions. My boring mates who come to restaurants with me. Nowadays, I tend to go on my own. I was like, I'm so fed up with hearing other people's opinions about restaurants. But they, they will always... I always order the creme brulee. You can really tell that. Yeah. Fuck <laughs> off. Fuck off. And they say, the, the, the tell of it, it's a risotto. You can tell from the risotto. All risotto is shit. I'm just rubbish. Fuck off. Please. You can really tell from the steak. That you, were you steak in a restaurant, you dick? Anyway, I, I please expand on um, risotto being shit. Oh, I hate risotto. Really? Yeah. It's oh. rubbish. It's risotto rubbish. is shit. They just, oh, you've got to keep, you know, it's very important to stir and stir and <laughs> all the time you must, fuck off. It, it's, it's, no, I can't eat it. It's, all, it's, all, it's never right. It's all, look, you go and have the little Milanese at Giorgio's, you know, Locanzo, obviously mm. it's fucking perfect, but everything there is delicious. Sure. Most places, when they fuck anything up, it's the risotto. You never get it quite, it's just, and then it, it's too much carbs anyway. You can get, there was, there was a restaurant, I had a decent one once. There was a chef, Claudio something, who was at Locatelli, left open Semplice off New Bond Street. Yeah. It was, it closed a couple of years ago. It was open for a little while. He did one. Uh, he did a risotto and it was uh, like a, with grouse. Uh, it was it was just in the grouse season about it was about eleven years ago. That, and and what I loved it was called risotto con grouse. Okay, and and I said, well, why don't you give it the uh, what, what's that a risotto con grouse? Why don't you give it the Italian name? There is no there is I can't, it's, there is no grouse. And so so we it's the grouse season. Everybody in Mayfair they like a grouse. So we got the grouse, stick it on top of the fucking risotto. We call it risotto con grouse. And I thought Perfect. that is that is menu making. And and it, but it was just like two layers of grain, beautiful mm. sort of saffrony Milanese style, some very rare grouse. Obviously, you know. Late August, uh, early, you know, well, mid, mid late August, yeah. whatever. Like, and so bleeding into the thing, a little bit of blood, but you know, it's stirred into the risotto. You wouldn't like that, would you, Sam? Well, that's the. I mean, I hate fucking grouse. I think I, it's. You, Tom Parker Bowles would have liked it because grouse is for posh fuckers, but. That's but, what I've already ordered one tonight. <laughs> <laughs> 
Aren't we going to a Dutch place or something? But yeah, the, they do grouse. Do they grouse yeah. with Edam? That'll be delicious. <laughs> Baby Bell con grouse. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that. But the other thing as well with that of people saying, oh, you can judge a place on that, was the chefs would always say, I can judge a cook coming in on how he can cook eggs. I mean, it's a fucking egg. Like, everyone fucks up an egg. I no, remember. I mean, it's, how would you, how, you know, either you like, you know, fr- fried egg all crispy on the bottom. Yeah, yeah. Some people think disgusting, some people yeah, think brilliant. Exactly, I, yeah. I'm going to disagree with you on one thing. Yeah. Which, and I remember scoffing when someone said, oh, I, I, which actually was silly, was that I asked Jeff to make some toast. But it, it's not so much the, the techers that you're looking at there, which yeah. you probably are with the risotto. It's more like the techers. Pal- technique. Oh, is that an abbreviation for that? Yeah. Techers always has been. I didn't know that. It's more. Uh, it's more like how. It's just like watching their physicality, how they go about handling the ingredients, how they treat them. It's not like it's if, an egg. You smash it to eat if it. They slightly overcook the omelette. It's not. That's not necessarily what you're looking for. It's just like it's. It's. it's some you, people okay. can see these things, Sam. Some people can't. Well, clearly, I can't. Um, I saw Heston the other day, and uh, he was very insistent. We were doing some cooking. Uh, I went to crack an egg on the side of a pan. And he came at me like I was burgling his house. You have to crack an egg on the flat surface. Is that because the ch- if you crack it on the side, there's a chance you'll get shell. I mean, he's, Heston worked this out by cracking seven million <laughs> eggs yeah. in a row and making notes on each one. Are you going to get another beer? Yeah. Because that's excellent news. So you, you crack it on a... On a is that because I'm boring? You don't give a shit how Heston <laughs> cracks an egg. Nor do I. But this is a food podcast, so I'm telling you. Uh, crack it on a flat surface. Yeah, Boom. sure. Is that obvious? I don't know. I'm no, no, it's not obvious. But that's I, what I, you do. You crack it on a flat surface, but, and then you open it, and you're more likely to get a clean crack. I still get shell in it. Do you? Yeah. A clean crack. <laughs> Obviously, what Heston really does is he uses a laser beam yeah. to yeah. get around. Yeah. I remember one of his things back in the day when he was doing, you know, Heston makes the perfect whatever. And he wanted to see how many litres of oil you could make mayonnaise with, with just one egg yolk. And it was phenomenal. That's genius. That is clever. It was like five litres. He was standing, he used like a, a, like a horse's feed bucket and was standing on a little stepladder and had this giant industrial... Uh, hand blender and it just kept adding oil and it just kept emulsifying oh, the magic porridge pot so that's treating egg purely as an emulsifier because it can't have been I'm guessing it wasn't a very eggy mayonnaise he was left with at no, the end no 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 but who wants an eggy mayonnaise did you depends um, what it's for okay. it's, sometimes an eggy mayonnaise is, an, is if it's for a little sort of grabiche for example whereas if you're making you're going to blend it with ketchup and stick it on prawns less eggy yeah. did um, speaking of Heston kind of Heston did you ever go to El Bui El Bui yeah uh, I went many times. Well, in fact, you went on the last ever. I did. I mean, yeah. I, I, um, one I like to say, well, I often, when, when I, in fact, when people ask me the boring question, which I know you wouldn't ask because it's a boring twat's question, only slightly more boring than, what's your death row meal? Which I'd be, I get asked nine times a week. <laughs> Who would make a book out of such a stupid idea? I can't I think. So, what's your death row meal? And I always go, if I was on death row, you silly cunt, I wouldn't want to eat. Like, what would you eat? They're hanging you in an hour. What do you want to eat? I don't want to eat. Not, not I want to have a wank and I want to not <laughs> think about it. Um, so, uh, anyway, so then you asked me. Yes, so, so, so yeah, death row. The other question is, um, start with asking me the question you asked me. Did you ever go to LB? Oh, right, fine. The other boring question they ask you is, what's, what's the, the best meal you've ever had? had? And I usually lean back and take a big drag on my cohiba and say the first time I went to El Bulli. Um, having established that I do call it El Bulli because it's the Catalan for a bulldog or something, El Bulli, I, I went three times. And the first time was the most extraordinary 
fucking amazing thing ever. Uh, and um, the second time I took mates who wanted an awful mate, oh, yeah, Charlie, you can get us into hell, buddy. And I went with them and they were got really drunk and were just is embarrassing and but one of the, the uh, on the plus side my mate max vomited up her he, he was in his he was in his um sphericizing phase and also his snow phase where he'd bring polystyrene boxes of shit he'd made into snow almost literally but like things uh it was like don't eat the yellow snow no fair and served it and then he was sphericizing things he was just having the, there's the caviar principle mm. you, you put the the calcified drops and it goes yeah. the so, sodium alganate or, that's the, yeah. there you go the alganate yeah. and he was doing it with everything but he did it with an oyster and my mate swallowed it and went and just vomiting down the table projectile eight eight public school boys and their girlfriends covered in Splosh all over. So that was funny. And then the third time, I went with my brother-in-law, the famous Alexander Armstrong, yeah. uh, as opposed to my other brother-in-law, the famous matey out, oh, yeah, yeah, ma- out of Peep Show. Uh, that, the first brother-in-law I sort of listened to on a daily basis was fucking Hey Dougie. So oh, I do you? As opposed to Classic FM? Yeah. Hello, this <laughs> next track is coming to you from Ooh. Beethoven for all you lovers out there. Yeah, no, so I, I went with Zander because I got invited to the, one of the last services at El Bulli, And I went with Zander, and um, it's another vomit story. But that, that, and it was 52 courses, this one. But Zander and I made the slight mistake of having arrived uh, in, in this part of the world. We had quite a big lunch and, right. and had a sort of sweaty, sort of lying by the pool, having had lots of jamon and probably three bottles of manzanilla and then just went to sleep, woke up, oh fuck, got to go to El Bully. And then you have that car ride, oh I guess the car ride down the mountain, <laughs> got there and at course 25, he had to go to the old vomitorium. He had to go and throw a massive whitey. But um, then was re- reset? Came back and ate and yeah, no, Zana's was very enthusiastic. But anyway, I did, the first time I went and I wrote a review in the Times which is, stands among many of my pieces as a monument to just ghastly, pretentious gobshites in my early phase, which was from 1995 to 2019. Uh, I remember saying that, uh, and it was, it was fucking amazing, and it was true, and I ate this fucking amazing meal. And, and um, you know, a tagliatelle carbonara, in which the tagliatelle was a set consomme, so when you spun it and put it in your mouth, it just turned into liquid. And, and, wow. and there, was a, there was a baked potato broth, which was just a cold broth, but you, and then it, it warmed up in your mouth, I don't know how, and, turned, and it just tasted of baked potatoes. And then crazy, crazy shit. Um, and um, but I and then it, and then in, and I went with my best mate because my girlfriend at the time was a vegetarian. I'm fucking taking you to El Bully. So I'm sorry, she's a vegetarian. He does do a vegetarian option. You can there's the celery and then there's the ob- uh, fucking you know you don't get this Fernandria's aubergine and goat's cheese bake. Mm. So uh, <laughs> so uh, we did. So I didn't take her. I took my my best mate Matt um, and uh, best mate at the time. He's still my best mate. He's still one of my mates. Anyway, it's it's a nebulous term. He's up there. And we went. He's up there. <laughs> exactly. He's fighting. He's, he's in the. He's, he's qualifying for Europe. He's not playing football on Thursday nights. <laughs> Uh, so I, I took him and we ate this amazing meal and then we came and in the morning we went, we went out for lunch and they just served this plate of food and not we I can't mean that it's just food uh, and I very much had that feeling I wrote it like that and I said and then I wrote Farron Adrid he didn't just feed us he deflowered us Ooh. and that's right there that's right there on the internet alongside my dodgy email to sub he didn't just feed us he deflowered us. Which are you most ashamed by? What all of it? All of it's fucking shameful. Everything I've done in my entire professional life up to this moment is is shameful. And I hope every time I open my mouth that I'll move into the part of my life of which I'm not ashamed. Okay. And this podcast could be it. Okay. Well, not to put you on the spot. Well, well, the most shameful thing I've ever done. It's all. It's all. I wasn't about, ask it's that. all top equal. <laughs> but yeah. What? We uh, have had guests on this podcast in the past with whom, uh, I wouldn't say with whom you've had beef, but who've had beef with you. Have you? Yeah. Uh, the sort of Eater London uh, crowd. 
Um, Jonathan. I don't know them as individual people, but I know them but, as I know. I'm aware of Eater. Yeah, I'm aware of Adam. Uh, Adam. Great, Coughlin, great. Right? Adam Coughlin, great. Yeah, Coughlin. Great I'm friend. aware of him. No, uh, but is he a um, great mate? He, uh, he is a mate. Yeah. Oh, he, I mean, he he stitched me up a couple of times, but yeah. No, but how do you feel? Why you know, not? when I mean, when you know, having given the sort of caveat that you everything you write, you're ashamed about. Yeah. Um, you know, how, how, how do, how do are, you feel when people when, are offended by the offensive things that I write? Yeah. <laughs> I say, fucking that shit happens. Is what I say. But are you are you are you trying to wind people up slightly, or you know, what's because you go on ask the question you were going to ask about Eater. What do you want? What no, about? it wasn't about Eater. Yeah. Don't have to contextualise it as an Eater thing, but as a sort of. Um, you know, there are some people who, who there write, are some people who hate me. There are some people who write offensive things because even though they know well, it's going to be an offensive even, thing, I've written. Give me an example. Um, let's let's uh, the Yeni review. The the oh, you, you, you find, the Turkish restaurant so that lovely. No, not that that the it is Yeni. No, Khaki. The, the sorry, Turkish. Khaki review. Khaki. What was offensive about that? Um, so you, the, the the sort of setup was you rang up and received uh, indecipherable. No, no, uh, I, I rang up and the bloke re- replied in Mandarin. Yeah, and, which uh, I couldn't understand. Yeah, and it was interpreted as 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 racist. Yeah, essentially. Yeah, but, but it wasn't. <laughs> so, but you, you, presumably you knew as you wrote uh, your I'm interpretation of how that sounded honest that that was going to wind people up. I had no idea. Really, absolutely, swear to God on my. That sounds like that's what racists do. They go, I swear to God, in my children's life, I haven't got a racist bone in my body. That's not a very good impersonation of Donald Trump, but there you go. Uh, no, I didn't fucking know. Although, obviously, so I'm, I am aware, I was aware that there was a, like a section of the pre-millennial Gen Z, just out of Nappy's community, that went, that thought I was racist. A lot of privileged white kids went crazy that I was racist, and it was weird because I had never written anything racist before. I'd waited all these years. To suddenly write this racist thing, and it, it and it, the, the, it, I think it even got into. Well, they didn't. It was, it was in uh, what's it called? Eater London. Mm-hmm. They made it their thing, and there was an American website. Is it a website called Caffeine or something? And it said English restaurant critic mocks Chinese waiters English, mm. right? and it wasn't. It was the Japanese, and there wasn't any mockery. So in that, I could see now after it happened. Mm. I could see, oh, I could see how if you were setting out, if you were looking at me from a point of view of existing loathing, Murdoch, lapdog, only got the job because of his dad, privileged white guy, doesn't give a shit, shits on people, swaggers into restaurants, shoots everyone like cunts. Oh, look, he's represented a language he doesn't understand and a culture he knows very little about by going, taka, 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 mm-hmm. what a racist cunt. I can see that now. And... Possibly, I've never apologised. I never apologise for anything. Don't make the Danny Baker mistake. Oh, I'm so sorry. Ends your career. You ignore it, and it goes away. And that's what I do always do. I ignore it. I don't engage with them. But I can, and I would never admit to them that they might have a point. Yeah, with that one, they might have had a point. I could see how it could, and I probably, and I wouldn't do it now. But, and I wouldn't seek to defend it because I did it, and I never defend or apologise for anything that I do. I can only tell you what my honest intention was, which is to represent a language I don't understand. As taka 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 taka. So we all know, do, do we not, that the word barbarian, where that comes from? That comes from from the Greek. Bearded. No, no, no. no. That's uh. it. it comes from the Greek. Ba ba ba. So to the Greeks, and which is to say, the pre the Achaean idea before the existence of Greece, the sort of the pre Hellenizing mm. of Europe, uh, the, 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 the evolution of the Greek language, they re- represented foreign languages, whatever they spoke in places like Sparta, mm. as ba 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 ba. They made ba 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 barbarians. But so right. a barbarian is someone who speaks this ba 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 verbal that you don't right. understand. So so their word that to me. I'm not 
by the way, calling anybody a barbarian. I can't hear, I don't speak any Mandarin, apart from Ngai Maidan, which means bring my bill, please, which is a bit late because it's the end of the meal by then, so no one's yeah. going to mistake me for Chinese. Um, I represented, I like, it was a great experience. I phoned up and I went, we've got a table, and he spoke to me in Mandarin. And I went, oh, I'm sorry, I, I don't speak Chinese. Can you do it over there? He spoke back to me in Mandarin. I went, cool, put the phone down. Right. And I wrote, he said, tack, tack, tack. And I said, anyway, tack, tack. And then I wrote, and I, when I look back at the piece, I can see I then wrote, lest you think I'm racist or xenophobic, obviously the conversation to him would have sounded like, yeah. boff, 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 boff. Uh, the piece went out, there's a paywall, you can only see the tack, tack, tack. What happens on Twitter, what happens in social media is you will get judged on the bit which is available to be yeah, seen. Right. Um, and yes, and I was aware that uh, a few hundred sort of farty little white boys got upset about it. Um, well, just, I, just, just to uh, correct one thing is that um, your sort of chief, chief farty little person is, isn't white. Is I he should not? clarify that. I wasn't aware there was an individual person. Um, well, it was Jonathan, who has been on the podcast, who writes very well for Eater and writes some... He's just done a series of best value six. six. Oh, loads of them! They re- loads of them are um, really good restaurant critics. There's that little Etonian guy who's sweet, who does the roundup that nobody reads about. What's that? <laughs> George. He's, yeah, George. Yeah. He's, ma- he's married to the little sister of a friend of mine. And I, yeah. I had dinner with him. Charming fellow. And I, I know there's other ones. There's, there's. Uh, I don't know them individually, no, and no, course, I know course, that course. they're that they're. I'm aware that Eater. You either use hot dinners or Eater as a restaurant critic mm. to find out what's opened and then go there and tell people what. Yeah. what so it's a. Per- but are they also they like. Stirring, don't they? So that's that's fine. But would you would you say p- potentially that y- you quite like stirring as no, well? No, no, that's the thing. I don't. I but am, you can see why people have that perception. Eater, the great thing about Eater and p- people like those guys on Eater. The great thing for me is that I'm a really boring, moderate, sort of centrist, tedious, dull journalist. Toe the line. Your words. My words. Those the guys who have who take on me make me look like a mad controversialist. So. These about once every six months, there's some tear in where where they they to use the young person's parlance where they own me, or occasionally I gather I self own occasionally on Twitter. Yeah. And what happens is there's a pylon. It's small, so it's like maybe a thousand people will like a comment from an eater guy saying he's a racist cunt. For me, I'm my job is with a is to increase the digital membership of the Times from from 500,000 to 600,000 to 700,000 or to speak to my 30,000 podcast listeners or to my 3 million BBC listeners. So if a thousand people don't like me, it doesn't, it doesn't, and it will hate me, really hate me and think I'm a terrible racist, end of days, killer of worlds, Thanos figure. That doesn't really lose me anything, but it makes loads of people think, God, Giles Coyne, a controversial guy. He's like, he's like the Jeremy Clarkson of food. So it's it's it's, it's beneficial Katie to me. Hopkins, I think some would have it. Katie, no, I'm yeah, I'm either a pound shop Jeremy Clarkson or a Waitrose Katie Hopkins. You either up me or down me. So it does look when those little guys tell me that I'm a racist or a sexist. The same bunch also have me down for a paedophile and an incest person. They they cite this the, the thing about me wanting to fuck my daughter is the, the same. Right. Oh, yeah, and the same mm-hmm. sort of... That's a, that's a thing, too. Um, and, uh, no, I mean, it's not a real thing. <laughs> no, I mean, it's a, it's a meme. It's a meme. Gi- Giles Corrin is an incest person and a paedophile and a right. racist. Those things... Thousand people go, yeah, he's a racist and a paedophile and he fucks his daughter. And it makes... Obviously, each instance, if I see it... Mm. And I don't see my Twitter that often, but if I see it, obviously it makes me a bit sad. Oh, yeah. they think I'm a racist. Oh, they think I fuck my daughter. They think I don't like Chinese people. Well, they're wrong, but... Other people go, oh, he's this big controversialist. And I get all these texts and emails, and people go, oh, we love you, Giles. You tell it how it is. You're not afraid to speak your mind. And I, I'm, I'm worried I'm getting 
quite a lot of the wrong yeah. sort of people following me, but they're subscribing. Uh, but, the, the, but the truth is, I, I, I also, I do, and I'm not meaning to dismiss them by saying I don't know them individually, because obviously the guys who say Giles Corrin's a racist and a paedophile and a, and a transphobe and, uh, and, and an incest person, there isn't a word from it about I want to diddle my daughter. Is When they do that, obviously I, 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 I mute them. I don't block anybody because they've got to be able to, that would be wrong. You know, and, but I mute them so that I can't see it again because mm. it's the same guys and, I, and girls to an extent. So, and I've probably muted 400 accounts or something and that was enough. Now my Twitter mm. feed is clean and I only get a new one who thinks that I'm a racist and I want to fuck my eight-year-old daughter. I get a new one every month and I mute them and then my, my, my feed is reasonably clean. But when I see each one, it does make me sad, but I understand why they do it. Mm. Because it must be incredibly annoying if you're a 25-year-old food critic trying to make a living, trying to get... I mean, Eater doesn't pay anything. Uh, they tried to get Marina to go and work for them from The Guardian, couldn't afford it, that's why she came to the Sunday Times. You know, they haven't got anything to really pay anyone. So they have to try and get their attention. It's, I, I remember when I was starting, and I saw people like Adrian Gill and Michael Winner earning three, four, five hundred grand a year, being, in Adrian, very good. Michael's case, not the most talented of writers, although a very engaging fellow. I, I was fucking furious. How can Michael Winner have that job when I know about food? I care about food. I can write. And these guys are looking at me, 25-year-old blokes, and they're looking at me, and they're not, some of them are posh white boys, some of them may not be. Um, but they fucking Giles Corrin, what a bag of... He's just shit. He knows nothing about food, they're quite right. He knows nothing about restaurants, they're quite right. He never leaves North London or the Cotswolds, they're quite right. He's earning all that money for the fucking times. He's got a million readers, they're quite right. I want that shit. I want that. I should be there. And they, they're right, they should be there, and they will be there eventually. But mm. they can't out-publish me, and they can't, can't out-earn me or out-power me. What they can eventually... What they can do is discredit me. They, they can make... They can keep on banging away until people realise that I'm an old dinosaur and I get thrown out and then they come through and then they will become me and then the next lot of young people will, will say you know, he's a racist and he, and he fucks his daughter You've always got to have someone saying that about you <laughs> Not you <laughs> I do but the, I, 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 and it would be wrong to say that I thrived on it because I, I realise now from attempting to appear in Sucion I have probably given away the fact that I do think about it quite a lot but it's a, I really I, I understand their beef no, that's their word. Okay, I'm going to beef one more thing with mm. you, because uh, and then we can move on. Um, probably to the quickfire. I don't know. What I don't mind if you ask right. me difficult, horrible questions about um, what a cunt I am. It's it's funny. It's what no, you're I, I I just wanted to uh, have well, maybe a, a disagreement, or maybe I misunderstood the point you're making. But your review of floor, um, yes, cleverly, I'm going to say in inverted commas, juxtaposed the the our sort of oh the um, thing about the cat restaurant. Thing about the cat. Wasn't it floor with Lucky Cat? Didn't I do them together? Exactly. Yeah. So your gag, I think, was that we only judge cultural appropriation as when it's from a sort of uh, culture of uh, or people of colour, mm-hmm. and and so you're saying, well, look, floors. These two white guys, John and James, fantastic restaurant by the way, mm-hmm. um, cooking food from a bit of Spain, a bit of France, a bit of Italy, and no one complains about that um, as cultural appropriation. And then look at uh, Ramsey doing the same from. Pan Asia, as he would have called it, um, and everyone uh, sort of is up in arms. Mm-hmm. And so the point you were making was that that we uh, have double standards, right? Uh, the point I was making was that we can't all just cook English chefs can't all just cook boring English food. Okay, so this the only. Oh, point- by the way, in, in case I get that, I just was taking the alternative take on Lucky Cat. If if there hadn't been that girl on Instagram who kind of raped it from the freebie, 
you know the one who went on when they was in the free yeah, yeah, yeah. she, she was she was she was bang on in mostly it was it was it was hilarious that was if she hadn't done that i'd have done that but because the the debate was all Gordon Brown. I so you're like Boris Johnson that you, you were going to write a Remain and a Leave piece, but she did. Except the... I am not running for office. <laughs> I'm exactly like Boris Johnson in that I don't know whether I'm Remain or Leave. But okay. the, uh, no, I'm not Boris but, Johnson. No, what, what do you, do you, did you think? What you asked me was it disingenuous? Do no, I not no, know no. the difference? I'm I mean, just, I would I'm... I would argue, for example, there is a. The cultural appropriation debate is a difficult thing, and the people try and speak out, and there's absurdity on both sides. And immediately I sound like mm. Donald Trump. Before it was, he said, "There's wrong yeah, on good both." People on both and yeah. Good people on both sides of the Nazi yeah. rally, which I, I'm not suggesting. Um, Charlottesville, yeah. Yeah, no, it's um, it's. Uh, I, I, I wouldn't I, want to quibble too much. There, there is an issue there, when he's doing uh, Asian food. Uh, it, it's it's just it's just clumsy and stupid. It's not offensive to me, and also. China is is the most populated country with the fastest growing economy and the biggest military in the world. So, so not that you everyone runs around going chinky chinky fucking chop suey. That's fucking racism is racism, and you don't do racism. Um, but you can probably engage on. A, on, on you're not. This is not. There is not a post-slavery stigma attached. There is not a Holocaust thing attaching particularly. Not that. Not that it would excuse anything racist about mm. anybody Asian. But I just think pathetic Gordon trying to get in on the on the uh, th- Asian fusion pound, not for the first time. So all those all those uh, Gen Zers are so young, they don't remember, um, as I'm sure you do, Pengelis on Sloan Street. No, no one talked about that. So uh, 2005, six, Gordon, desperate to get in on what was then known as the Nobu pound or the Zuma yeah. pound or the Rocker pound. No one fucks up Rainer Becker for Rocker, do they? Or do they? Okay. Well, I, so anyway, I think, I Penge, so he, he was trying to get in on that money. So yeah. he did it with Ian Pengelly on Stone Street in 2007. I, he was just trying to make some money out of the people who, basically Russians, who want to eat a bit of sushi and a bit of dim sum. But, but, but by all means, grill me further on it. No, no, I'm, I wasn't so much going to grill you, uh, but I'm also a way of like, mansplaining a little bit. Um, Mansplain away. Is... is um, no one grills Rainer Becker, and I don't understand that necessarily. <clears throat> but also, no one grills um, other than one of their chefs being uh, arguably racist. But you know, the guys at Somsa or Ben Chapman at Kiln or Thomasina Myers or the Hart Brothers. You know, there are plenty of people who take uh, takes probably the wrong verb, but who um, cook the food of other cultures and do it very well with a great deal of respect of those cultures and mm-hmm. knowledge of those cultures. And nobody complains about those because that's not what cultural appropriation is it's it's when you do it with a sort of slight shrug slight lack of understanding which is certainly what was being accused um do you gordon think, do you think gordon ramsay's restaurant was guilty of that um i don't know enough about what was on the menu but certainly it, it from it's what mo- I, moderate moderate to bad chinese rocker knockoff food he was not copying but, anything chinese or anything asian he was copying zuma and rocker and nobu but I'm not yeah, going to. Okay. I am not. I, Gordon Ramsay's reputation is not the rock I'm going to die on. Okay, the but, main the main rock I will die on in this. In this, mm-hmm. and then uh, no, no, I'm you know, not being is, is, is I, th- I think the point you were sort of one of the points you made in that piece, and one of the points you started to make just now was was the suggestion which others make, uh, which is that the suggestion from the left is or the food the food left. Mm-hmm. Is that you can't the cook, food left? You can't cook the food. Sorry, you're not allowed to cook food from other people's cultures. No one's ever said that. No mm-hmm. one's saying that now. What they're saying is, if you're going to do that, you need to understand those cultures. Make or you know, not fully, because no one's going to understand them fully. But sh- be shown, be seen to make an effort 
um, understand what you're doing and pay due respect. Or just it's like it, it's a cynical, you know. This this goes back to Gordon Ramsay opened a restaurant cynically designed to make money out of <laughs> passers-by and stupid Russians yeah. with their prostitutes. He uh, did, and uh, people are, yes, people are it, allowed to point that out. It's right? good, yes, absolutely. They're absolutely right. Mm. The the woman who Instagrammed the thing from the court that was fucking heroic, fucking hilarious. She's. You know, I mean, you're not, I love, you're not, everyone went, you're not supposed to do that at a freebie. You're not supposed to go to a fucking freebie. So she was, she was welcome to go in there. There were lots of Southeast Asian people in uh, Lucky Cat when I went. I, that doesn't mean anything. That's like saying some of my best friends are Jewish, but I still yeah. think the Holocaust was a good idea. Uh, and, I, and I don't. And I wouldn't defend it. And the way you put it, of course, of course, you're right. Mm. In that sense, first of all, I ran my restaurant reviews in a couple of hours. Bosh, bosh. They could be a bit glib. I just thought, I've been to Lucky Cat. I want to say some. I, I, first of all, I'd already written about Lucky Cat months ago in my usual shit way of trying to find. I'd been to a boring restaurant, so I wrote my intro about Lucky Cat and ended with the other restaurant and said what I thought about cultural appropriation. When Lucky Cat came around, I went, not least because other restaurant critic friends of mine were afraid to write about it. And I was pretty appalled. Afraid? Yeah. I, and I, two or three restaurant critic friends of mine, they were afraid to be supportive. Of, they, they, were, they, didn't, they were both afraid of Gordon. And afraid of the what you called food left. So it got ignored quite a lot by critics who were good friends of mine, good critics, who didn't want to go. They didn't want to be... They didn't... It's, it's difficult for people. Um, when I... No, I won't tell that story. But... Um, but uh, so I thought I'd go along and my plan was to go along to Lucky Cat and write a, fuck you, Lucky Cat's the best Chinese restaurant I've ever been to. Because if the food was great, I'd have thought, it's I'll just not, do that. And it's I, not Chinese restaurant, it's an authentic so it's an authentic Asian, Asian eating house. house. No, the whole thing is fucking crap. It's a shameful pile of bollocks, OK? It's, it's rubbish. It's rubbish. They, they immediately realised, didn't they, that calling it an authentic Asian yeah. eating house was stupid. He's trying to copy Jason, Jason Atherton having all these houses and socials mm. and stuff. He's trying to make it sound like, no, the whole thing was shameful and pathetic. But I'm not going to join in with the, what you call the food left and eat to London and a load of... So you do like winding people up? Uh, no, because that would... That, uh, that particular piece, I was... Yes, I thought I, it was... Not why you think of something more interesting to say. So, so I, I, you know, the, a lot of the, the various criticisms that get made of my food before the people from Eater who think that I want to fuck my daughter and that I hate before black them. people. Before them, the main two complaints would be that I didn't go out of London and there was another one, which I can't remember. I remember you starting a year saying, I'm going to do all my reviews out of London. I didn't, you I got, got to about February, didn't you? No, fuck off. I got to like... No, I got to about April. Oh, oh. This, look at my last few. I'm always out of London now. Well, all you got a house out of London. That helps. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I had to put the prices up before yeah. I sell, before I had a Brexit. No bollocks. Well, I, so that's what I've always said to people. Oh, the other thing was that people would say that I don't write enough about the food. And the point is, that right. because it's, it's all quite boring. So you've got to look for more interesting things to say. So anyway, that's... That's what I always used to say. Sorry, no, no, I'm tacking back a little bit to when anyone would say, oh, I'm looking to open a, a restaurant. Uh, looking in Kentish Town. I said, definitely open in Kentish Town because Giles will give you a great review because he wants to up the house prices. It was, that was almost true uh, a while ago. It was never true. I would, first of all, I would never say, I would never. I ever. said that cynically. No, no, but it's, I would always try and review it if it's good. And I've done my best with Kentish Town. Um, and I've got one coming out next week, I think, uh, of a place called uh, Carrot and Daikon or something like that, a Vietnamese place. Really quite good. And I sort of pumped it. If it's in Kentish Town, I'll go. Uh, because you want to support your local restaurant. Of course. Um, anyway, let's go back to Gordon, but not on that score. Mm-hmm. Um, 
the first time I ever encountered your uh, presence in the universe was uh, in the F word, mm. which was must have been mid noughties It was two thousand and five. Yeah, the year it was. Yeah, I I missed one day of the fifth test, the oval test for that. But I've uh, never. Which day? The fourth, because I went to the fifth. I was there on the fifth day. The thing is, because I was there, I was so fucked, I can't remember a thing about it, apart from Billy Bowden. Well, there wasn't much. It was stopped for bad light and messing around. Well, and... we all went with umbrellas, because hoping right. it would be a draw. But anyway, so yes, yeah, so, so the F word, you saw me on the fifth day. 2005, I had been a major force in world food for some time. But I was only I... 19 then, so Were you? 20. Gosh, you little yeah. child. I had been restaurant critic of Tatler for two years, restaurant critic of The Independent on Sunday, was I, or the Saturday? I was a restaurant of The Independent for, for two years. Okay. Anyway, well, yes. so my, no, what, I can only apologise. No. But what I love my to reviews were as pointless and shit and racist then as they were. <laughs> the uh, more racist. Probably. The, well, uh, the you know. I, I, Go on. You you saw. Are you feeling effort. nervous now? Because every question, Giles, is like that's a fucking boring question. No, but, I haven't said that. Uh, Your questions have all been really, really good. Uh, that seemed to me as a twenty-year-old who suddenly decided they wanted to work in food, and at that time I wanted to be a writer. So like, here's this cool young hip guy. He's hanging out. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's no, for me. laughing. You're one of those fucking it? food lefties that was I was a young. I was. I still feel like uh, a young. Still hip my punchline, but um, no. Sorry, go on. He's a hip young cool guy. Cool Gordon. What's he doing? Oh, oh fuck off! Sorry. But, um, sorry, 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 sorry. That's why nobody wants to work with me in TV anymore. Re- that was a really good show. The F word. Yeah, I thought it was really. Did you ever watch it? Yeah, I watched the F word. Do you want to know about the F word? Yeah. Because uh, you and Gordon don't seem like buddy buddies now, but on there you seem like buddy I'm buddies. I'm always going to be grateful to Gordon because he uh, gave me that TV break. Um, and uh, I got to do TV, which made me a better known critic, which made me... Better paid. Gave me everything better paid, yeah. That's really cut to the chase. Uh, Channel 4 wanted to make an entertainment star out of Gordon. He'd just done Kitchen Nightmares and that other show he did, Hell's Kitchen. And they wanted to see could he broaden out into thing. And they wanted to find a co-star. For him. They wanted to find someone he could work with, and they, what they wanted to find was they wanted a woman, or they wanted to go. It was Channel Four, woman, regional, ethnic, something like that. But they, to, to, to offset the egregious alpha male whiteness of Gordon. But when they screen tested everybody, all the perfectly brilliant people there would have been, the wonderful sainted late Pat Llewellyn, uh, uh, who sort of made Gordon, they, Gordon would just sort of bark them off the screen. And so they, and they went through hundreds of people. And then they said, is there anybody who's not afraid of you, Gordon? And Gordon went, well, you, there's Giles Corrins, this restaurant critic. So they got me in and I did a screen test and they were happy. And so for me, there was always this terrible thing of the Channel 4 desperately wanted to get someone young, female, ethnic and ideally regional. And what they got was me. <laughs> uh, and I did it for, which is, it was a cop out for them, but I did it for a, for a season. Um, and I am told that I, Gordon's people felt that I stood up to him too much on screen. Right. And so season two, they swapped me for Janet Street Porter. Uh, and that was that. But then I did other shit. Um, but it, it what was, was that one you did in the old-fashioned houses and whatnot? <laughs> <laughs> Most of them were the stuff I've done is in old-fashioned houses. Uh, the first one was with Sue Perkins. Yes, that one. Uh, that was called The Supersizers Go. That was good fun. That was yeah. a good show. Yeah, then yeah. Simpsons on the Strand and whatnot. Yeah, it was yeah. brilliant dressing up. And, and uh, no, that was lovely. And... Um, uh, and we did that for three series, and then then Sue started saying, "Oh, she kept being not available in the afternoons for bits of things." So I'm doing this really this shit show where they bake cakes. There's this, <laughs> there's this terrible 
from Liverpool involved in it. I really don't want to be... Uh, and it's really boring, I don't want to do it. And some old dear who can barely speak wheeze herself and thinks she knows about cakes. Uh, uh, and my old mate from Cambridge. I said, well, it sounds terrible. Yeah, she's rubbish. And then, then suddenly she wasn't available for the next series. Are you, do you get legal doing that stuff? Can Probably you, that, yeah. yeah. Is that not okay? I, I didn't... You said if I wasn't happy with something to go clap, clap, but I was happy with that. So, uh, but, well, so let's stick with it. Let's I stay don't with know it. if that's on us. It's probably know. on you. You're the producer. Is it? I'll take it. Put Let's it on just me. say all of that is alleged. So you're hanging around with Sue at Simpsons on the Strand, dressed up like a twat, eating grouse. Yeah, and that was great fun. So we did Supersize for three series. Then she went off to do this to do Bake Off, which was shit, but they paid her better probably. So that died. And then I did some other stuff. Oh, and then I did more in Stupid Houses. I did Back in Time for Dinner. That's the one. That's the one. I'm what do you mean? That's about. the one. Oh, didn't it? It was the less good. Back in Time for Dinner was the one where I wasn't in it or didn't get to dress up, and then the family came on yeah. and got to dress up. Yeah, the, that was it. Because it was weird that it's like the these incredibly family. miserable families. Like, <laughs> how did we end up in this show where we have to like eat porridge? The Rob Shorts, they and were wear bonnets they were, and they sacks were fantastic. and stuff. Was it always the same family? Every it was. It was Back in Time for Dinner with the Rob it's Shorts. It's like a torture thing. Then we did Back in Time for the Weekend with a different family. Uh, then we did Back in Time for Christmas with the Robshaws. Then I did Back in Time for Brixton with another family. Uh, and then I went, and then the last one I did was further Back in Time for Dinner with the Robshaws. And then. Who the I, fuck are the Robshaws? What's their problem? <laughs> they, they can't get. They're just his family. Wasn't fam- he a rugby player, Chris Robshaw? Wasn't there. It was Not, just his family right. from, from uh, Walthamstow. Who that had nothing better to do. Nothing better to do. <laughs> than be on the telly. They were really good and talented. Uh, and then they, then they decided to do Back in Time for Tea and they're going to do it in Bradford. And I said, I'm not going to fucking Bradford. Are you having a laugh? Fucking hell, 1,500 quid a day. You know what a cunt you think I am. Second class transport. So they got Sarah Cox oh. to do it. Uh, I like and, yeah, She's I, having a bit of a Cox naissance. She is. Thanks to me you. chucking in back yeah. in time for back in time for whatever Can it is. Can you... Do you reckon James and I could get the reboot then of one of these shows you don't do anymore? No, too white and too middle class. Never going to happen. Well, he got it. Yeah. yeah. He was the last, last... He's the last... He's the dying breed. I'm the last uh, of the last of, dinosaur. I'm the last of the white public school boys who's ever going to have a job. And but I'm very nearly going to get work because I'm old. Uh, and they're afraid that I'm old. Nice. And they can't have if they don't have old people. The other thing is, is that I usually present my shows with uh, a person of colour or a gay person as a co-presenter. Right. Um, like Gordon. Like Gordon, <laughs> for example. Uh, I have Allegedly. To be, I have to be offset. And your wife. No, in, in the I was the person of colour in the Gordon show. But that was that was 2005. Now, uh, I my it's like carbon offsetting. If I if uh, if I'm on screen, you put someone who's a bit less white and posh and male and a twat than me. Bit less of a twat. Less of a twat. Right. Yeah. So you're saying they're not white, not posh and they're a twat. No, and they're not Just a twat. A, they're neither yeah. white nor posh yeah. nor twatty nor male and then they get in. Well, I'm all for that sort of I feel I've done an awful lot for equal opportunities by the fact that I'm such a ghastly white public school boy cunt that if you put me on the telly, you have to create an opportunity for a gay woman or a black woman or something to to offset my just shitness. You have to emulsify the grossness of your personal egg yolk with lots of oil. In the TV presenting mayonnaise, you're quite right. (laughs) You have to crack. (laughs) Yeah, anyway, into my... No, that's horrible. (laughs) Terrible. Terrible. I think you can almost clap eggs, that one as well. Too many eggs and oil yeah, around. Yeah, should, we, should we quiz? Yeah, can I go to Lou first? Yes, you can. First yes. answer, and then you're welcome to expand. Okay. Uh, if you could be any musician, who would you be? I don't like music. Okay. But I would probably be Julio Iglesias. 
for <laughs> obvious reasons. Uh, which are? Slept with over a thousand women. Three thousand. Okay. Three thousand. Yeah, get it right if you want to get you get the number. If you get no, I wouldn't because he's a fucking terrible. Uh, I would be one of those musicians from the 60s who just was at it all the time, although not one of the ones who did it with children. So you don't like any music? I don't like music, really, no. Really? It's distracting. Okay. From what? Well, from, from writing. I really don't really like music. I've never danced a step in my life. I've never been to a festival. When you were a kid, did you like any music? No. Nothing? Well, the wheels on the bus, stuff like that. <laughs> I'd probably be Rod, Jane and Freddie. Okay. Music's for wankers. Okay. Honestly. Music and visual art are for people who can't read. It's a culture for people who too too thick to read a book. Do you, do you, would, you say, would you say you don't have any patience for people who have different interests to your own? I have patience for everybody. I'm like Jesus. I've uh, got room for all opinions. Uh, what item of clothing do you wear that your wife loathes? Be the strap on. <laughs> <laughs> That'll give you jars. Uh, which country has the best cheeses? Do you know the whole reason I'm a restaurant critic is because I lived in Paris after I left university because I had a girlfriend there, and I went to live there and I worked in I worked at the, in the Place de la Madeleine at the Ralph Lauren boutique, and I lived in the in the Bastille. And every I spent my considerable untaxed wages on eating out every night. But there was a fromagerie around the corner um, on the Rue de Lap. And I used to go every day and buy different cheeses and talk to them in French because I could speak French. Rue de Lap in the 11th? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, and spent some nights there. And, and, the, and sounded uh, creepy. <laughs> no, in those days, it was just cheese. Uh, and, uh, well, it sounds from your... That it still is. Uh, so, <laughs> and I knew a lot about cheese. And I came back and I was, became a journalist. Uh, and then a guy I knew called Ollie Fig was editing a thing called the Condé Nast Restaurant Guide in 1995. And it was a one-off publication, didn't get repeated, partly because it was mostly written by me. It was my first friend. And he thought, oh, Jaily knows about cheese, because I did. I knew fucking everything about cheese. And we go out to eat cheese trolley, and I could just, I just knew cheese from this fromagerie. So I know French cheese back to front. So I should say French, but then I later built a little thing of mine about how I hate all French food, and French food is finished and shit, and so is Italian. So I should say English cheese. Um, but the truth is, French cheese. Oh, I could say Australian cheese and see where it got. <laughs> uh, what's the most underrated restaurant in London? Really put them on the spot there, it's nice. Yeah. The most underrated. God, if you ask me overrated, I would be able to think. An underrated restaurant. Something that's really fucking delicious. Oh, that's a really, really difficult question. Um, I ate some really quite good sushi at one of those ghastly chains. Right. But I don't know which one it was. <laughs> it was in, right. in London Bridge, at the, in the thing. Would it be Itsu? Is that quite okay? Because yeah. I'd have to say, I'm not going to say McDonald's. I, everyone yeah. can eat it. But I, oh, right. That's my opportunity to be nice about somewhere, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I teed you up for it. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. I mean, I, oh, man, I mean, I quite like KFC. Yeah. I mean, I, I love what I don't, mm. I don't know, I don't know what they're like. That's three fucking Australians for you. I don't know what they do to chickens sure. when they're alive, but I like what they, they do to them when they're dead. They fuck them. 
Famously. <laughs> they fuck them. Yeah. They do fuck them. Um, God, that's such a good question. An underrated restaurant. I'd love to come out with a gem. Uh, but it has to be a place which is everyone says yeah, it's shit, always, but it's actually... I can't, yeah, lucky or, cat? Or, or, <laughs> or not necessarily shit, but somewhere you're like, that place is better than that everyone thinks it is. Yes. Like, the one that I always had for a while was Spantino, before Spantino closed. Oh, and but I, I like Spantino. Yeah, yeah, me too. But I was always like, Spantino's actually better than it needs to be. And and f- yeah, I did, that's they, f- I they first it. brought... They had sliders quite early. Yeah, yeah. And they had that guy, Ajax, was a... Was a, was a Who worked for us. Did yeah. he? Because yeah. so, yeah. I think he's Ajax Kentish on Twitter because yeah, he's up yeah. Kentish Town. I went in there, I went into Spuntino the day of the, because I measure these things being a public school boy, and right, I went, the day of the royal wedding, William and Kate, uh, and my mate Richard Bacon was presenting the live royal wedding things on Radio 5 the day whenever it was William and Kate, and Spuntino had just opened, and we did this fucking boring day of commentating on the royal wedding. Then we went up Spuntino and got absolutely mashed on absinthe. Mm. Uh, these cocktails made by my by uh, Ajax and Spuntino was fucking great. I still want to find you a thing which is, I don't know. I think everyone says that the Soho House food is shit, and I actually think it's better than people say. Right. That's a shit answer. But they pay you. Oh, five guys. <laughs> oh, never been. Uh, okay. Five guys. Everyone, all the eater. I think people. I don't. I think they hate it. People, I think hate eat. Uh, they I think they hate Five Guys. If you go to Five Guys, and you don't have them put any of the shit in. You just have burger, cheese, bread. Nothing else. I think that's a good burger. All right. All right. That's not a bad one. Uh, if you could ride any animal, what would you ride? Careful Do you mean man. literally or metaphorically? It's not a sex question. It's not a sex question, no. What would I ride if I could ride yeah. any animal? So you could pick a little animal. Dolphin. 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 Like, uh, like, God, who was yeah. he? Yeah. Begin with A. Ariadne. That's a woman. It <laughs> no, was somebody in I've agreement. I've got this book. I read it to my kid. The, the, the dolphin boy. Yeah. Uh, uh, what, the he probably do- fucks the a dolphin, dolphin, doesn't he? No, it's no, like, no, it's, no, like no, it's, it's a Greek myth. It's a Greek myth, but it's all the Greek myths have sex in them, Correct. so it's a bit equity. But somebody rides a dolphin. Yeah, Equus, dolphin. Equus, that's his favourite thing ever. Yeah, is it? Yeah, loves it. No, it's not. Uh, okay, second part of the quiz: overrated, underrated, or correctly rated? Ancient food. <laughs> Medieval cuisine. Oh, okay. I've eaten Asian because I did. I did back in time. What was it called? I did supersizers. Medieval. Yeah. I've eaten peacock, for example. I mean, most people probably haven't eaten peacock. Is that legal? I don't know. I've done much more <laughs> illegal things than that. Uh, if, if the least of my, if the, if the thing that the eater boys get me on is that I ate peacock, <laughs> then I was lucky. Uh, no, it is legal. Swan is not okay. That's yeah. true. Um, peacock is all right. You can't. I mean, you can't just. Can you eat a swan if you find a dead one? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. Is that if you prove you can't yeah. or if They're you're Albanian and live in a park? Uh, put that up for the eater boys. Uh, the um, uh, peacock um, was it nice? No, okay. it's very dry. It's it's very solid. It tastes like a tennis ball. You when you as the first you mouthful of peacock, balls? you realise that the whole evolutionary thing it, it all went into the tail. Uh, yeah. And the meat They is didn't shit. focus enough on making themselves taste delicious. No, no, no. Well, exactly. this, is, this is how we judge our cooks when they come into the restaurant. Is how, do, how can you prepare peacock? Yeah, how you prepare just you beautifully. You put the, you make this wonderful sort of headdress with the yeah. tail feathers and put them. But the, the meat tastes like a tennis ball. So I'd say ancient food overrated. All right. I've also eaten that stuff that the Romans. Uh, with the fish garum the ferment- garum well, no no just- no no. the thing that they ate no the fermented fish guts that was the big Roman thing was that garum no it was called no, something no, they did they did the guts they do other guts they did things? guts yeah or you did the guts. guts no the, the actual thing also uh, dormice where garum comes from who dormice 
the, oh, yeah. the Romans ate mice. On Supersizes Go Roman, or whatever it was called, we, they, they couldn't get dormice because actually they're really fat English dormice that they fattened up on corner, basically extinct because of the Romans. But So they got lab mice, which had been gassed mm. to death for feeding snakes. Oh. Uh, and we ate those and they weren't very nice. Do, so, do you, have you ever eaten Ortolan? No. No. I think I... Think I would I? I don't eat fogger anymore. I don't think I'd eat no. Ortolan. I go vegan three days a week. I don't do think, you? I do, yeah. So don't tell, don't tell the, the, the vegans because... They don't want to know. I, you I'm supposed to. I'm supposed to be antagonistic, but yeah, yeah go vegan three times a week. So on the other four days, I eat all and foie gras and people. Fantastic, just for balance. Uh, Fricasseed and awesome. swans. Yeah, that you find. That I find. You just find. lying around. Sorry, mum. Yeah, I, I know you think, but it's <laughs> I found it under my Ford Fiesta. <coughs> um, stunt people. Overrated, underrated, or correctly rated? Overrated. Yeah, any any cunt can do something dangerous, can't they? I don't disagree. I'd say they're overrated. They're if you're going to be in a film, stunt people. Stunt, you yeah. know, Tom Cruise does it all, and he's Tom Cruise. Yeah, exactly. He doesn't do it all. Well, he does a bunch of it. Doesn't no, he does. He barely can barely walk. He's ninety years old. He has a <laughs> stunt man to have a shit for him in a film. Let alone like clinging onto That's a bus. Different. That's all CGI. That is yeah. different. Uh, croquettes as an umbrella. Davy croquettes. No. Croquettes. Croquetas. 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 Yeah, but no overrated. One Spanish word. No, croquetas all, all overrated. Over, yeah. over fucking rated. Yeah. Fucking potato bullshit. Um, except at Barrafino where they're nice. Right. Yeah, but a croquette uh, Spanish doesn't have any potato in it. A Spanish. Oh, it's got its bechamel and ham, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, fine. Well, do, is that what you meant? No, I mean the umbrella term for croquettes. So well, like Finder's fucking actual potato little child penises could battered be, and... Could be, could be them, could be, you know, every restaurant puts croquettes, croquettes of some description. Do they? Uh, overrated. Yeah. Uh, virtual reality. I quite like that. I quite like hentai porn. Okay. <laughs> is that with or Umamaru? Are you aware of Umamaru? Yeah. What's that? Is that huh. tentacles? That's a long time ago. The piece I wrote about giving up masturbation came about a year after the piece I wrote about giving up booze. I'm currently drinking Estrella, and then I'm going to go to your your loo and have a, have a private moment. Uh, the, no, I like Umamaru porn, which is a, is that a tentacles. Jo- that's not. Te- I think they can be tentacles. There's not much of it, but it's like it's hentai, but much more kind of 4D. Although it's a bit exploitative, so I don't approve of its gender politics. But I quite like the cum shots. <laughs> uh, overrated, underrated, or correctly rated classic restaurants. Example: St John. Rules. I, I'm not saying to throw St oh, John. Oh, St John. St John is St John is like the, 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 the restaurants. When the I started in this game, the great. It's not a game, Giles. <laughs> When I started in this very, very serious business, um, all the old hotel restaurants were still old hotels. I, 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 I was there. I mean, when I started, mid late nineties, Claridge's was still Claridge's, and the Connaught and the Dorchester, and they all gradually came in. And that I, I went when I heard that Angela Hunt was taking over the Connaught. I went along to to witness the old Connaught. Uh, and sort of Lobster Queen Elizabeth and all that kind of stuff. And uh, they were fucking awful, all of them. Um, so those I think of as classic restaurants but they're all gone it's, it's slightly sad um, but the ones that people think of now as being you know the Wolsey or whatever like, that's not a classic restaurant that's yeah, but, a, it, but it is perception wise isn't it no 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 I don't even no. mean style I just mean the restaurants that people like oh, I'm not it, saying that I, I ever look up? at Eater or give it any respect at all but Eater did a thing I believe I'm told because I obviously don't look at it <laughs> because I abhor it they did a thing about very clever thing about tourist restaurants that are actually quite good yeah uh, and they were right about all of them. 
Um, and th- I think St John and, and the Woolsey would come into that. I mean, they are, they are two examples of two really brilliant things. Uh, I mean, you don't go to Woolsey for the food or St John for the vibes. But, uh, <laughs> but if you know what you want... You, you get it at those places. So, so I think classic, classic, classic restaurants are underrated. They are, they are okay. the fucking best. I mean, they're, they're, they're all whatever you want there. How do you, sorry, I know it's quick fire, but how do you, you know, your role as a, as a restaurant critic, obviously there's a, a certain onus on, on trying to sort of dig out novelty but that must get a bit not from me. I just go to places that Faye liked and say they and, and, and agree. But, well, so she's very much led by novelty. Yes, that's so, Faye, Faye's job is to be in there first, exactly. in a hard hat before they've even built the loose, eating a sarni and getting in there and saying, "Well, it's it's at the moment it's a little bit dodgy, but I'm sure by the time it's marvelous by August." And I respect yeah, she that. She said that about us. Um, what? No, uh, and she's the fucking queen. She's the doyen. But she and to be fair. Faye has slightly given up on that trying to be first. She's kind of finally decided she's a bit grand for that, quite rightly. But no, I don't pursue novelty. I follow, I just look at the other critics. I don't want to have a shit night. So I what, look at Grace, Jay, Marina, wherever they've been, and I go to whatever sounds nice. But anyway, go on, sorry. No, 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 no that's, that's fine. I mean, I, my, I am not some, some sort of little wonk who sits there at his computer trying to ferret out a place no one has heard of no, I, I, sorry, just, I didn't mean that I didn't sorry. mean that it's the, the new openings which by dint of right. the fact that you just follow all those other fuckers is usually going to be a new opening that you review and um, but, yeah but usually do, you, do you not ever just think I'd really love to just go and write about rules I three really I've done rules though no, my, but, but, no, so my problem my brief when I took over having been restaurant critic of the Independent, but Tatler since 1997 and the Indy since 99. I took over the Times in 2002. So 17 years ago, my brief was, don't worry about new, go anywhere. So I reviewed everywhere and there's now nowhere left, tragically, mm. uh, that isn't new. So apart from the Waterside Inn at Bray, which I just can't be asked. Celeste at the Lanesborough. What's that? James's favourite restaurant. Is it? I've never been. <laughs> what is it? It's a running where, where, weird joke where, of mine. Whenever we isn't go... That, isn't the Lanesborough now... One of those ghastly rude places. I don't, I don't, no it's basically whenever, oh, where should we go for lunch today? As in, is it Itsu Day or Earl's Pratt. Sandwich Shop or Pratt? Then it's, James will say, ah, oh, maybe we should go to Celeste at the Lanesborough. And I would say, oh, we should go to Gidley Park. <laughs> Have you been to Gidley Park? <laughs> no, I, I went to Gidley Park in about 2002. And I, and I, I don't stayed, know where it is. I went with the girlfriend. It's in, in, it's in Chagford. Okay, the final overrated, underrated or correctly rated sausages. Overrated. So close. Um, do you know what well, my, my my dad had a great line about sausages, um, which is uh, the the because we put everything in a sausage. In, in, in the English people, we don't like offal. We don't. We eat a steak, you know, a roast and sausages. That is all we do. Yeah, and that's all we do. My my dad had a line about the fact that um, the French who love andouille they love uh, all kind of offal the French will eat anything as long as they can see what it is the English will eat anything as long as they can't hence the invention of the sausage so you, you, you eat a steak or a chop and everything else you grind up and put in a fucking sausage the French don't really eat sausages, apart from andouille, which you've got to do, you've got to do, you know, which isn't even really a sausage because it's not mince. They don't really eat sausages because they eat all those bits on their own. They want to eat a foreskin, they want to eat an eyelid, they want to eat a brain. They do. They don't just grind it up and mm. stick it in a wall's banger. I see you're upset because you like sausages. No, no, but no, I was actually just digesting what you said, uh, which is interesting and and true. Yeah, they, yeah, the French and rather poetic. No, I like I like the 
little juxtaposition there. It's lovely. It's good, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> Shall I, I say it again? I the French will eat anything as long as they can see what it is. The English will eat anything as long as they can't. That's a good line. That's I was more line. just picturing the cow's face I once saw in a market in San Sebastian, and it was literally just the, the muzzle of a cow. And I've always wondered... Maybe, do you think it was the result of a Hannibal Lecter cow that in trying to escape from the police had put the face of another cow (laughs) over its face and escaped, and then as it ran down the street, it flung it at the market, and they tried to sell it. I think that's almost definitely what happened. Probably what happened. Yeah. Uh, Charles, thank you so much for joining us this evening. Is it over? It is. I've got so much more. I don't doubt that. (laughs) We'll have to come back. I will. Um, Until then, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Goodbye. Bye.